Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I'm Ladyboy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. And tonight our topic is on sexual desires and how to work with them in the body. It's like oftentimes we don't know how to work with our sexual energy at certain levels. And so we're going to delve deep into working with our sexual desires and our sexual abilities to really raise the bar. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah. So when it comes to arousal, there's a lot of different things that get people there. I think a lot of people think that sexuality happens the same for everyone, which is definitely not the case. Some people get more aroused by fantasizing. Some people get more aroused by watching porn. Some people get aroused by reading sexy stories. Some people get aroused mostly by tactile, physical things. There's a whole host of different things that can 
really arouse people. And it takes a lot of self-knowledge to understand what really, really makes you tick. And that's what the show is going to cover. Yeah, and there's another area that's kind of important that a lot of people really have problems grasping. And that's the emotional arousal. For some people, there's this need for not just safety, but this connection and this emotional connection and this feeling of, oh, I want to be wanted and admired and worshipped as a person on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And that can be a tricky one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're going to cover a lot of things on arousal because oftentimes sex gets put on the back burner because we think arousal and getting in the mood has to precede sex. Mm-hmm. And often it doesn't. Often you can build the arousal as you go along even though it's not there at the beginning and that can open the door to some really hot sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I think a good place to start is, like especially if you like start to realize that your desire for sex is waning either a lot of times it happens when you get really, really busy, or if you fall into too much of a routine, or when life circumstances change, like you have children, or new job, or any number of things. On this podcast, we are very supportive of asexual people. Asexuality is a, a completely valid way of being and if you don't have a desire to reconnect with that part of yourself you you don't need to but if you find yourself less interested in sex or even masturbation and you would like to change that i think a lot of times going back to some of the things that really turned you on when you first discovered yourself sexually can reconnecting with that and grounding with it can really help a lot i'd like to take a moment and acknowledge the asexual people Mm -hmm. just because you're not into having sex there is a deep need and i think i believe in all humans a deep need for intimacy and Mm -hmm connection maybe not for some but i think for most of us so some of the techniques that we'll be talking about also apply for just connecting and bonding on a non-sexual level but a lot of what we talk about on this show is about sex (laughs) and so we're going to cover these techniques, but some of the techniques that we cover will apply for asexuals. Mm-hmm. So I think that like 
the different kinds of arousal. There's mental arousal, there's emotional arousal, there's physical arousal, and also spiritual arousal. And energy. Yeah, and energetic. A lot of times, posing the question can help you find the answer. Because a lot of times people don't give this subject enough thought and they just know something has changed, but don't really understand what's underneath it all. Mm-hmm. And we get back to Patty Britton's book mm-hmm. and uh, the art of sex coaching, and she gets into the memes. It's like... Sex isn't just a physical thing. It's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's intellectual, it's energetic. It covers the whole gamut of human experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes sex so powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's part of how to understand how desire works. It's not something we have or don't have. It's something we can generate. Mm -hmm. And I do my morning affirmations every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I first start out, I'm not really in the mood for sex. I've just woken up. I'm a little groggy. I brush my teeth. I pee. And then I go back in my room, smoke a cigarette. And then I start my process of arousing myself there's some days i'm really into it it's like i'm looking forward to this and other days it's like oh let's see let me get go through the motions but as we go through the motions it starts picking up and part of what i've discovered is that if i start tantalizing my body Mm-hmm. and start playing with myself and start using some fantasies and imagination and do some tactile kinesthetic play. I have a big mirror right next to my bed, so I look at myself as I am totally soft and as I start getting aroused. I'm a visual person mm-hmm. and I'm a tactile kinesthetic person. But we're all different. And got a boyfriend, long-term boyfriend, that's very into auditory. He loves me to talk about sex. Auditory doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But I do it for him. Mm-hmm. And so learning to really connect on your partner's primary sexual interests sense can be a very powerful thing Mm -hmm. and I can tell him stories and he often starts our conversation with oh I remember when and he tells me a story about some of our past experiences and he gets so turned on and horny by that Mm -hmm. it does nothing for me Mm -hmm. But as he's telling me these things, I start visualizing it in my head Mm -hmm. and start remembering the tactile experience. 
then I start getting aroused. <laughs> and so part of arousal is really tapping into how does your body work? How does your senses work? What really gets you turned on? So one time I was on this piece of land with a bunch of people, and there was an old water well. It was a water pump. And you could you could pump that thing all day long and not get a lick of water out of it. But if you took a little cup of water, poured it over the top of it, and started working it in, then it would start working. That's called priming the pump. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that also happens with sexuality, I find. I know sometimes when I realize that I'm just not in the mood for sexual play, a lot of times what I'll do I'll get myself turned on and I'll get myself hard and I'll masturbate for like two minutes, just enough to like get kind of worked up and then stop and like go about and do other things. And I find that if, if I make the effort to do that, then maybe 30 minutes later, an hour later, I'll, I'll be way more in the mood to play further. And I think that that's a thing a lot of people don't think about. I think most of the times when people, like, relate to their sexuality, they follow, like, if I'm really in the mood, I'll do this. But they don't really push it if they're not in the mood. And I, I think just a little bit of play. And, like, one of the things I've talked about a couple of times, and it's kind of hard to articulate into words, I think that there are different levels of being turned on of like erogenous energy. It used to be that I couldn't differentiate between those levels very much. And now I definitely, definitely can. And it used to be when I would like raise sexual energy and like masturbate, have fun, I would stay at an eight or a nine until I came. And as I've learned more, I can start out and like take myself to a two or a three and then let it die down to almost zero and then like raise it up to a, like a five or a six and then down to a four or a three and then up to a seven and then back down and like go up and down those levels until I'm really pushing it into that like nine or 10 area and like edging and then maybe go back down to a three or four. And like sometimes when I'm like raising sexual energy, I will take a break and like I will go do other things, but in the back of my head, I'm still like working on some of those same sexual areas. You know, I might be washing dishes and I won't have a full heart on, but I'll have like half a chub the whole time. And I'll go about my day and doing other things, but still keep myself sexually engaged. And I think that 
really, really helps me to keep my sexual energy, like, ever flowing and always, like, productive. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is about getting more in tune with our bodies and how they work. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody works a little different. Mm-hmm. I do my morning thing every morning, and it's like some mornings I'm so super into it. It's like it, I get a boner right off the bat. Other mornings, and some, and I'm kind of different. I mean, some mornings I'm into my female mode, and I don't get a boner at all. And there's myth with males, especially if you don't have a boner, it don't work. But it does. Mm-hmm. There are ways to stimulate a soft penis that mm-hmm. feel really good. I've actually done some uh, affirmations without ever getting hard, but just getting in tune with the pleasures. And mm-hmm. it's rare I do that, but once in a while it occurs. Mm-hmm. And it is a powerful experience to explore having a sexual experience that's without erection. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience. It's different mm-hmm. sensations. I'm still raising the Kundalini. I'm still horny at a certain level, but it's not registering in a erection. Mm-hmm. And I think this is especially important for guys that are either on medications or can't get an erection at all. You can still experience amazing sensations and mm-hmm. pleasure without getting a heart on. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the case for you or even if you're trying to build sexual energy when like you don't originally have any uh i think that's where um like discovering your body like one of the tools that gg has is the erotic body map and like finding your erogenous zones the the areas that get you really really turned on for a lot of people it's different in people assigned male at birth and people assigned female at birth i think it's different for everybody (laughs) yeah it's also different for everyone but like some of the common ones nipples anus ears (laughs) well yeah, but, well, I, I like the 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 primary one is the genitals, and secondary tend to be like anus, like for hate to say, but anus is primary for me. <laughs> okay, but like for AMAB people, assigned male at birth people, like the scrotum is like a real strong secondary one. I think that skin kind of correlates to the is it the outer lips that are but I think it's more the inner lips really okay yeah. okay if you think about the texture 
I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know, like vulva and a penis are very, very similar structures. Just some people are born with an innie and some people are born with an Audi. <laughs> Actually, we're all born. We start in the womb as female. Mm hmm. And a process called differentiation occurs. Mm -hmm. And you either differentiate into male or female as you develop. Or if you're really lucky, you're intersex. Yeah, I'm, I'm intersex, and it's pretty incredible. Because mm -hmm. I can experience both male and female orgasms, and both male and female sensations. Mm -hmm. It's a very powerful thing. But I think we all have the capacity because we are all born with the same building blocks. Mm -hmm. I've learned this through Tantra, is that we can all channel into both our male and our female side. Mm -hmm. Because we all are... We all have the same building blocks. Yeah. I mean, so all like most people, uh, like all people produce both testosterone and estrogen. There are a few genetic conditions that make it difficult or impossible for those things to manifest, but, uh, but like, everyone has both inside of them. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> that's okay. We do tangents. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would like to say that with people that have the testosterone incompatibility to receive to test around in their body cells, there's still some things that are masculine. Primary sex is female. If something goes, I hate to say wrong, but different, mm -hmm. then we revert to female. And male and female are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. We're both very similar in our makeup. Mm-hmm. I know there's this men are from Mars and women are from Venus concept, but really we have more similarities than differences. Mm -hmm. And sex pretty much operates in similar ways, but very different ways. It's it, The differences are more in how we're neurologically wired, not in what's between our legs. Mm-hmm. And once you start realizing that and you start looking at some of the socialization process and working to eliminate some of those socialization influences, we can all become amazingly sexual on many different levels. All people can experience full body orgasms, mm -hmm. all people can experience multiple orgasms, and all people can experience non-ejaculatory or ejaculatory orgasms. Mm -hmm. The potential's there. Mm 
Yeah. I know one of the things that can happen, like a lot of times when people have issues with sex in a relationship, a lot of times it comes about because people have different ways of engaging with sex. Do you want to talk about some of the ways that you can work with that with partner that might be wired sexually different than you are? Yeah. I think one of the first things that can really help is for each partner to do the erotic body map. Map out and get to know each other's bodies and how you're wired together. Knowledge is powerful. If we don't know how our partner's wired, we're shooting in the dark. We're doing a hit and miss, trial and error, and that's the hard way to do it. But if we take a little time and figure out, oh, this is the way my body works, this is the way my partner's body works, then we can get on the same page and work with each other and figure out, oh, wow, lights turned on. This is how I need to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And this can be amazing and beautiful mm -hmm. because all of a sudden we're not fighting each other, but we're or struggling with each other, but we're working together to pleasure each other at deeper levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like communication is always one of the most important things in, in anything involving any kind of relationship. And when sex comes into the equation, doubly so. I think one experience I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to is if you've ever been in a relationship or currently in a relationship that in the beginning was very, very sexual and then about a month or two in, things change like extremely. Or a year. <laughs> or a year. Or a lot of times that happens because you have different ways of approaching sex and it takes a lot of communication to overcome that barrier sometimes. And I think that's part of where living in a sex-negative culture, we don't talk about sex enough. Mm -hmm. We don't discuss what turns us on. In some ways, we're ashamed to, taught to be ashamed to say, here's what I want, here's what I need. And here's what I desire. Unfortunately, we're shamed into, oh, sex is sinful and bad, and you shouldn't talk about it. You shouldn't practice it. You shouldn't learn about it. And I think part of the equation for really having a good sex life is to go a better way. And say, hey, I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to learn about my body. I'm going to learn how to pleasure myself and pleasure my partner mm -hmm. at a deeper level. Yeah. 
And I also think sometimes people think that, yeah, they talk about sex a lot, but a lot of times when they do, it's very surface level and it they don't really, they might have more problems with being vulnerable. Like a lot of times mm-hmm. we're taught to be very guarded with things. So you might make a lot of jokes about sex. You might even talk about sex a lot, but you might be guarded about like the what your desires are what your desires are or specific desires or like also what your negative triggers are what the things that especially if you have trouble talking about past trauma and stuff like that that can Mm -hmm. lead to lots of problems and if you're neurotypical oftentimes Finding the words to talk about sex can be difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's where the erotic body map comes in handy because Mm -hmm. it's not just about words. Mm -hmm. It's about communications on a nonverbal level as Mm -hmm. well as a verbal level. Yeah. And I think one of the things that happens is that sometimes... People like say to themselves, like, oh, this person should know this. Uh, And they get like mad that that someone doesn't, but then they refuse to like point out like the thing that someone did wrong or the thing that that they regularly are, are messing up on. And that doesn't give them the opportunity to change that behavior. Yeah, guess what? We're not mind readers. <laughs> we can be very empathetic and read emotions, but we can't read thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or at least I haven't found a way to. Yeah. So it really helps to communicate. Mm-hmm. And oh my, the time is flashed by. We're to station break. <laughs> I would like to remind people we're doing a webinar. Right now, it's on Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. because I did get some requests to do an afternoon thing mm-hmm. because Thursday evenings, people have to go to work. Yeah. So we're going to change it to Sunday afternoon around one or two. I haven't decided for sure yet. But On our webinars, we show a video on sex education, on different topics. If you want to hear a specific topic, let me know. We can research it and provide that. And I have a whole host of video training programs already ready. If you're interested, go to ravensairleather.com forward slash videos and check out, sign up for our webinars. Mm-hmm. They're free. We do ask for a donation if you can handle it. It would be great to get some donations coming in because so far we've been mostly doing the show out of pocket. We get a little 
payment for advertising, but not much. Mm -hmm. But we would like to get some support for the show. Yeah. Speaking of ways that you can help with that, you can also visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. Whatever you can spare for a donation would really help us. And we don't always just need financial support. We'd like to hear what you want on this show. We want to hear where your issues are and what you'd like us to address. Mm -hmm. What kind of things can we help you in your sexual life? Mm -hmm. Because we're here for you. Mm -hmm. We truly are. I mean, I know I grew up in the dark. I grew up in an age where sex was so taboo. And I had to learn for myself, and it was a long, hard road discovering because mm -hmm. there wasn't much information back then. Mm -hmm. And today we've got a lot more information, but if you go on the Internet, especially on porn sites, the information isn't good information. Mm -hmm. What I do, I'm a sexologist. I present information that's valid, that's tested, that's true. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. Okay, so go to ravenslayerleather.com and check us out. So back to our topic. We are talking about sexual energy and working up the libido. Mm-hmm. Being able to experience sex, even if you're not initially in the mood, mm -hmm. how to raise that desire, mm -hmm. how to enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. Because that's part of what the show is all about, is taking, in our modern society, sex has gotten so put on the back burner. And so many people are just doing the mundane regular life without any sex, without any pleasure. But guess what? Sex gives you those good endorphins, those good chemicals that make you feel happy, feel belong, feel a part of everything, feel the passion. Mm -hmm. And so a part of what this show is about is starting to live a more sex-positive lifestyle and get back in tune with the energies of your body. Mm -hmm. I Like one of the things I think is important when it comes to knowing yourself sexually and learning how you tick is knowing the ways that you've changed because sometimes life life is pretty pretty crazy and sometimes things happen and the the things that used to work don't work anymore or life circumstances change and you might need to change things around like one of the things that happens a lot of the time is people get busy and it might become necessary to 
schedule sexual activity, whether it's solo sexual activity or activity with a partner, it might become necessary to say like Thursday nights and maybe Saturday afternoons or like whatever works for for y'all or for you. Like I will dedicate X number of hours to, to doing this. And a lot of people balk at that, like, originally because people think that sex should be this spontaneous thing, but it doesn't have to be. Part of what happens as we go through life, it's like this modern culture gets us out of tune with our bodies, mm -hmm. gives us this illusion of... Hollywood-style beauty mm -hmm. that's very superficial. Mm -hmm. It's one-dimensional. It's physical beauty alone. And I think a lot of times we lose focus on how powerful and beautiful mm -hmm. sex is in both function and form Mm -hmm. Because we're distracted by this weird, illusionary sense of what beauty is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. We don't see the body as a beautiful instrument. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you there's times, and I've contemplated this slightly. It's like, I'll be doing my morning erotic affirmations and... Oh, all of a sudden I'm stroking myself, I'm touching myself, and it's like at first I start very soft, and then it gets a little harder and a little harder, and then all of a sudden I have this raging boner, and I realize how beautiful the body is in both function and form. It's amazing how just simple little touches can get me aroused and in the mood and ready and craving it. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I had no desire to begin with, mm -hmm. but I just went through the motions, mm -hmm. touching first my outer body. Mm -hmm. And working in, I touch my arms, my armpits, I touch my sides, I touch my legs, mm -hmm. and then on, and then I start in on my nipples around them, doing tantric circles around them, mm -hmm. slowly working in, building that anticipation. And then when I touch them, it becomes electric, and it fires me up. It may be different for you. You may have different practices. Explore and find what works for you. Yeah. But there are different practices that... And don't get stuck in a rut. I mean, I periodically change my routine. Because you don't want sex to become routine. Mm -hmm. You want to try different things. And so I do different things 
every so often. Mm -hmm. I change it up. Now, one of the things that I will say is, so that that works really well when you are doing self-pleasuring. If you plan on doing something extremely out of the norm with a partner, it's not always the best idea to surprise them with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, it's best to to talk to them unless you know it's something that they're into. And I do that with Paul frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good to communicate mm -hmm. when you're with a partner. And even with yourself, there has to be some kind of inner communication, I think. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I'll check in with myself and say, Hey, where do I want to go today? Mm -hmm. What do I want to experience? And there's times where I want to take myself to the moon, and then there's other times where I just want to be a little more laid back and see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. And that's where the spontaneity can come back in. Mm -hmm. I just start going through the motions and letting my body guide me. I, I will say with uh, when you're like playing with partners regularly, if you have a large enough repertoire, one of the things that is, is fun sometimes, is if you know that your partner really, really likes something, if you constantly have that be your go-to to get them off or get them all the way there, then that becomes routine. But if you know that there's something that they really like, not doing that for a while to build, like, them missing it and then surprising them with it after a few times of not doing it, that can be really, really hot. Mm -hmm. Now for especially younger people, I know I was this way when I was younger. Mm -hmm. We often get into this, get it up, get it hard, get it off. <laughs> but build in some anticipation. Build in some time. Orgasm lasts a few moments. But if you take some time and really get into the pleasures that the pleasures can last for hours mm -hmm. I've gone and Paul's seen me do this I've gone many hours just mm -hmm. staying on the edge of orgasm mm -hmm. until the very end and I'm not against orgasm I think people should orgasm mm -hmm. but I think we should also edge sometimes mm -hmm. and take ourselves to this place of, oh, wow, I want it so bad. I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. And then keep holding off, building up that energy mm -hmm. and playing with the sensations going through our body. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, reaching that orgasm and also circulating some of that energy up into your body. A lot of guys just have a orgasm from their dick. Mm -hmm. 
and they've never experienced a full body orgasm. Mm -hmm. But building that energy up and then circulating it through your body, through breath work and through mm -hmm. touching other areas of your body and really bringing the full body into the experience, not just your cock. Mm -hmm. It can take you to such amazing places. Yeah. Also, you don't have to come like when you edge. I, I know that there have been times where I will edge for two or three hours and not come. And then edge for two or three, four hours the next day. And do that. You have to be a little bit careful. Like one of the things Gigi taught me is if you've been edging a lot without coming, if as an assigned male at birth person. Well, even females. Well, I know like how it feels for me. Like I know that if after like... A lot of times it will be sore in my testicles, like right after I get done. But if that soreness persists for two or three hours after you're playing, you probably do need to come sometime soon. You don't want to get too backed up. Mm -hmm. I'd like to break a myth. There is in Eastern mm -hmm. practices especially as men get older, to not come. Mm -hmm. Hardly ever. And that is not good for you. Actually, the reverse is true. Mm -hmm. The testicles and the prostate gland are not a storage device. Mm -hmm. They are a manufacturing plant. And if you let it build up too much... It's not a good thing. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You want to expend it. Yeah. R regular ejaculation can really help you as far as like testicular cancer goes and prostate cancer mm -hmm. goes. So, yeah. Now, it's okay to do that. I mean, I've gone as far as a week, two weeks mm -hmm. without ejaculation. Mm -hmm. And when I do ejaculate, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But you do need to ejaculate, especially when you get a little older, past mm -hmm. 35. Ejaculate. Do the come, I mean, edging for up to a week or two, but do ejaculate mm -hmm. because it is good to clean out the plumbing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. One of the things also that, like, since we're talking about, like, building up sexual arousal and things like that, I think has helped me a lot is when I think a lot of times because of the way that uh, the world is built and things like that, when we have dirty thoughts like especially if we're not at home and able to really act on them a lot of times people push them out of their head as like an intrusive thought thing 
But I, I don't think that you have to do that. A lot of times I entertain my dirty thoughts. I may not act on them. Don't be, don't be like dirty in public and put yourself at risk. But people can't read your thoughts. So if you have a dirty thought and you want to linger on it, even if you're in public, don't feel guilty and like try to push it out of your mind. Go ahead and linger on the thought. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I sat in boring board meetings and had a raging heart on under the desk. Oh. <laughs> and had to kind of shift things around so it wouldn't show so well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we're trained to kind of push those things out of mind, and you don't have to, like, it can be really, really hot. Like, one of the things I've been doing a lot recently is wearing a butt plug in, in public. And no one has to know that it's there. It's just your dirty little secret. I I think it's hot. And I've actually got a set of anal beads mm -hmm. that have little metal balls inside them. And they are great for dancing or swimming. It's like I insert them into me and I start any movement will make those little ball bearings vibrate and stimulate the prostate gland. And it's so incredible to experience that. Now, swimming, people could kind of hear it if they were near me. Mm -hmm. But dancing with loud music, mm -hmm. nobody could hear it in me. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I could, oh, talk about dancing in a frenzy. Woo, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was incredible. It's like, I was queen of the dance floor that night. <laughs> but any other thoughts, any takeaways for tonight that's about experiencing the libido at its fullest? I, I think that it really is a, a personal journey of discovery, and you don't have to come up with all of the answers right away, especially if something has changed a lot of times think about like when did this start what are some of the reasons this might have happened a lot of times when people go through trauma or just a life change new jobs having kids or like maybe it's not that you just had kids maybe it's that slowly like between your job and your like kids and the rest of your life it's just gotten picked up a little bit more a little bit more whatever it is like when you realize that something has changed like start thinking about the reason that might have changed and some of the the ways that you can go about working like past some of the obstacles, if there are obstacles, and if it's an emotional thing, we're a big proponent of therapy on this show. If you need to see a professional, 
like definitely find a professional. I suggest finding someone who like specializes in whether you're kinky or not, like finding a kink friendly professional, they will have more experience with people working through sexual issues. Also, sex coaching is a great option for mm-hmm. for things like that. It's never hopeless. There's always light at the end of the tunnel somewhere if you are willing to do the work and put the work in. And I'd like to speak to some uh, females, people with vulvas. I know oftentimes, and I was this way at one point because I am intersex, I kind of got so mixed up in, am I doing it right? Am I performing? Am I making too much noise sexually? I'm supposed to be quiet. I'm supposed to please the guy I'm with. And believe me, I've had a lot of guys I thought I had to please. And I was so hung up on that for so long. And once I realized, hey, my pleasure is a birthright. My pleasure is just as legitimate as his pleasure. Give yourself a break. Enjoy your pleasures. You deserve it. You're worthy of it. Because so many females in our culture or in a sex-negative culture are ingrained that, oh, I'm not worthy of this. If I get into this, I'm some kind of horror or bad. No. Sex is a sacred act. Your body is sacred. Enjoy the pleasures, both in giving and receiving. I think that's where sex really takes off, is when you can get to that point where you're both giving and receiving pleasures. That's where it really, oh, I have been in that place, and it is so amazing when you can give and receive at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. So with that, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy your body, your flesh. It's a gift of the goddess. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression 
between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. <laughs>